The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Silence Your Phones, your movie review podcast found exclusively on the network at BICBP-radio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Chavez, joined as always by Sean Fritz. Sean, how you doing? Still here. One take Sean Fritz. Here, living, breathing. (laughs) Living, breathing. When are you scheduled for your second? Um, we always, you know, we got to do our COVID check-in, dude. That's, yeah. that's just what this show is, really. It's that's COVID, the and then was, let's talk about movies. That's what the show was born from. What's going to happen uh, when it's done, dude? Like, what's going to happen if they do eradicate it, and then, like, we open our show with, like, it was sunny outside today, wasn't it? Well, they eradicated smallpox, but apparently it's been recreated and weaponized. So doesn't that oh, make you Jesus, feel good? Jesus, really? Uh, who cares? Who knows? That's it's not COVID. Insane. Let's not talk about that. Let's make a movie about it. Um, we'll talk about I, it. I think, Chris, what we'll talk about next, not the weather, but what medications we're taking because we'll be old men by then. <laughs> What'd you take this morning, geezer? Well, oh, they've no. added this to my cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they've taken caffeine away from me, but they let me have all the sugar I want. Uh, so, you know what I had for breakfast? Two bowls of frosted flakes. Oh, God. That's great. Um, we're idiots, by the way. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> Who cares? Fuck COVID. We're not going to talk yeah. about that. Let's, let's just ban it from the show. We're not going to say anything. Yeah, right. Next time we talk, I'm going to be like, oh, so sick for my second dose, dude. Yeah. Uh, to answer your question, uh, two weeks, I believe. So middle of April. Gotcha. Not this coming week, but the next week is when I get my second one. Yeah, that's when so I... So a week from Wednesday. Same week. Um, oh, you get yours on the first full week of the month. I get mine the second. Yeah. It's not going to be fun. I hear... I'm not looking forward to it. So we'll see what I sound like when we're recording for that episode. Yeah, you'll get like the Iron Man 2 track marks going up your neck from the <laughs> from the shot in the opposite arm. Freaking out. Oh, man. Uh, or or what is it? W- wasn't there some weird shit in that movie uh, with Statham when he injects some, himself with... Uh, what was the name of that movie? I never was saw it, crank? but I know what it is. Crank. Didn't he have that weird like like vein thing happening or something? I don't know, Chris. I just I opted out of that movie. Well, sounds like we're going to be watching that next Jeez. week. No, oh boy, can't wait! That. Let's <laughs> let's do the Transformers made for DVD, uh, directed DVD <laughs> release we're too. At it. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, well, at least uh, at least we'll have have uh, finished on a, on a good note today before the the show goes downhill because the the movie we're talking about um, is following. So last week we talked about Get Out, Jordan uh, Jordan Peele's you know debut directorial written produced film his first time out right um and he did what a lot of people it's hard to do it's happened before but it's hard to do uh he he came out of the the gate swinging and literally knocked it out of the park with that film so we decided we're going to follow up with the sophomore uh, outing with of jordan peele in in this film and the question is always lingering is it always is it going to live up to the hype right like here the with get out 
his name became this a stratosphere name in the in the world of filmmaking and horror immediately with one film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People had him up there with com- in conversations uh, when you you're including the names Spielberg, Lucas, Hitchcock. Uh, you know these kinds of names um, immediately with one film, and so you know the pressures on with the second one. The second one we watched is Us. That's a classic right there. What does I Got Five on it mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. You hear Gabe got a boat? <laughs> He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? Jason? Jason! Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But you have a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. Or we kill them. And interestingly, in a to bring it back to pre- active and post-COVID world, it starts with something that we will never do again. Hands across yes. America, dude. So yes, us. This is a this is his follow-up feature film. Um, you know, and and again, it's in the vein of psychological horror. Uh, I think you could sprinkle in aspects of supernatural in, in his types of horror. Um, you Lots know, of comedy. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely comedy in there, which is great too. Uh, <laughs> it basically, one. It, yeah, it's, uh, but that, but th- that's the thing, right? Like he comes out with this film and that's the first thing people are thinking is, can he do this again? Is is, was this a one hit wonder? Is Jordan Peele going to crash and burn? It's, it's almost kind of like M night Shyamalan Remember, Sixth sense came out and he blew everyone away. And every all of a sudden he was in that, that kind of conversation with Spielberg, Lucas Hitchcock, these big name, big hitters, uh, just with one film, and then the expectation came for the rest of his films. And there are a lot of fans or a lot of people who will say, 
it never reached that level that he actually started to kind of go downhill in his storytelling. You'll, you'll, you'll have diehard fans that say, no, you know, it's still just as good. It's just, just not going to be the surprise or the newness of what he does that you felt with sixth sense. I'm a fan of diehard. <laughs> oh, we're not talking about diehard. I see. That was just a, a free, yeah. a no, turn the, of phrase. Yeah. 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 Uh, but were you a fan? Were you a fan of his, are you a fan of his work? Uh, in, are, are you one of these ones that, that say, you know, after sixth sense, he kind of suffered. So I saw Sixth Sense, you know, a little bit after everyone else had, and and that came out in the '90s, didn't it? So yeah. it was it was pre-internet spoilers to the point of, you know, unless friends or family told you something, yeah, yeah, um, and it was all just word of mouth for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one was not spoiled for me, and it took a lot. You know, uh, if you've ever seen Bert Kreischer talk about it. Um, he's a stand-up comedian for those that are not in the know. He was on a radio show one time in a speedo, just a speedo and a hat, a baseball hat, by the way. And, uh, with M night Shyamalan, that's an interesting sentence, by the way, right there. And an interesting 99, 99, by the way, is when the film came out. But, uh, so Bert's talking about how we went and saw it the first time and how the theater went crazy when like, when the, when the twist happened, the Shyamalan twist. Yeah. But I don't think movies had that kind of twist before Shyamalan. And he kind of, you know, um, uh, introduced the world to that, at least the Western world, uh, uh, you know, as a whole to that. Um, it's obviously become more, you know, how many twists can we do before the story becomes ridiculous? Right. Uh, you know, like um, like Dawn of the Dead. They're in the mall. They're safe. And then all of a sudden the credits roll and you're like, they're like, we're going to an island where we're safe. And then you see all that business happening in the credits. Right. Um, we'll do that movie soon, by the way um the the uh there, there's just a lot of movies that have come since then like lady in the water was like all right there's a portal in the bottom of a swimming pool that's yeah that's it like yeah okay. yeah okay like it's neat i suppose what'd you think um, of the village uh, you know i haven't seen the village okay okay but i have seen signs and i saw it recently yeah what'd you it think of signs bad actually it was like it was i was pleasantly surprised at how much better it was than I remembered it. Granted, yeah. I watched it on cable. Yeah, um, I'd have to watch it again, but I remember enjoying it when it came out. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. one of these people that was like, oh, that's not as good as Sixth Sense. I wasn't going in expecting Sixth Sense. I was going in expecting, you know, I enjoyed what this person did before. Let me enjoy their craft. Let me see what they're presenting me with now. You know what I mean? Without mm-hmm. that kind of expectation. And with this movie, with us, I had already seen this. This is your first time seeing it, right? Oh, and it's yeah. your first time seeing it following your first time seeing Get Out. So mm-hmm. the way I saw it again, I saw Get Out and my first time seeing that, I then I followed it with Us. Uh, this is my second time seeing it. And I'll tell you, and I said this in the last episode watching Get Out, I think that what I really enjoyed the most about watching it a second time was I had already seen it. So now I was able to appreciate the, the actual buildup and all the different things that you really should have noticed throughout the film that kind of uh, informs the storyline, uh, you, you know, as it fo- unfolds. And it's the same as this one. When it came with us, you know, the first time I saw it, the same as Shyamalan, I, I didn't come in with expectations in terms of, you know, this dude's going to have to really blow me away with the way he kind of did it with Get Out. I just knew I was going to go in, going to about to appreciate something from somebody whose art I already appreciate, you know? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to filmmakers, you know, typically filmmakers have a, a a thumbprint. There's there's that you can tell it's a certain type of uh, just by looking at the film, you can say this person did it right. It's rare that they do two 
three, four different, completely, you know, different styles of film. It's been done, but it's rare. So when I go into a movie, I know what I'm kind of getting. Uh, and unless it's completely off the wall, 180, you know, I'm not expecting much aside from just the aesthetic, if you will. You know what I mean? I do. Uh, but this one, yeah. Um, watching it a second time was awesome and, and we're going to definitely get into it. So let's get into the plot. Can I take a crack at this? Get it, dude. I was going to say, I, I, I was literally about to go, uh, I don't know how I'm going to try to explain this. So I want you to go for this. So the movie follows um, Addie or Adelaide um, um, throughout the film. You know, we start with her as a child. We move into her, uh, her as a child with her two parents and who parent just like every other parent in the 1980s Yeah, without watching their kids. Doesn't matter yeah. where they are, by the way. Right. Um, it was just kind of like follow along and do your thing, right? Yeah. So it follows her. They're at a, a beach uh, pier, I guess, for lack of a better term, with the uh, you know the 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 open months. Uh, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, yeah, California. With, with, yeah. So I guess it's open all year round. I, I don't live in California, but I would assume because the weather's relatively nice. Uh, so that's all backstory. So she go she wanders away from her dad, who's playing whack a mole, and her mom's in the in the girls' room. Uh, she goes into this fun house. There's a hall of mirrors there. It's in it's American Indian themed at the time. And she goes into the hall of mirrors and she starts whistling. She hears somebody else whistling back the same thing. Even after she stops, she's scared shitless. She runs away. She goes to therapy because her parents are like, what's wrong with her. And did you notice Chris, the, they talk about being shell shocked. Yeah. Let's let's PTSD. Yeah. Rewind real quick. She's scared shitless because she comes across, she comes across. So she's in a hall of mirrors, right? Which amazing. It looks amazing already. Like the way this is shot, dude. Like if you have to go back and watch it again, how beautiful this looks, right? Uh, so she, it's very just disorienting. She comes across, you know, she puts her back up against the uh, one of the mirrors, and when she turns around, she's looking at her reflection, except it's her reflection it's looking away from her. Yeah. And then when it turns around. We just see her kind of like have this reaction of complete terror. And then that's when we realize that, yeah, something didn't go well. She she was absolutely terrified in there. Absolutely. So then cut to she's an adult. She goes back to Santa Cruz, which infers that they don't live there. Her and her, family, husband, yeah. her and her husband, Mbaku. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, so at first I was watching this, this guy who plays him. And we'll get into it a little later in terms of, you know, the acting. But I was like, does this dude related to Jordan Peele? Because if you listen to him, his voice and even his delivery, like the way he speaks kind of mm. sounds like Jordan Peele. And even there's a, a little bit of facial features that kind of look like Jordan Peele. I was like, this guy's got to be related somehow. So I looked them up. I'm like, oh, it's this dude from freaking Black Panther, bro. Yeah. I, and and, and the, so side note, when I was watching it with the missus, I said, Oh, you know who that is? She goes, who? I was like, he's in, he was in Black Panther. She's like, who was he? I was like, he's the guy that barked at the white guy. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember who that was. I was like, <laughs> I, was like it was, uh, I couldn't remember his name and not that she wouldn't know who I was talking about. I was like, he was yeah. the other guy from the other tribe. And uh, yeah, yeah. He, uh, the uh, the girl that plays Addie uh, was also in yeah. Black Panther. There's a lot of crossover in this movie, um, but we'll get into that later. So cut to they're in the beach house at Santa Cruz and she starts getting more and more afraid. She doesn't want to go to the beach. She feels like someone's following her. They go to the beach. She has a freak out moment because her son goes to the bathroom who sees a really weird um, effigy or yeah. person or statue or whatever. 
Well, you uh, can tell it is it's it is like that PTSD thing, right? Because the idea yeah. that her son's missing and she had gone missing when she was a child there, and so she, just going back, you know, there's a lot of scenes that we see that kind of that involve uh, this feeling of anxiety, this almost mm-hmm. kind of like this weird, strange feeling of anxiety that builds throughout. And you can tell she's not comfortable being there. She does not want to be back there. No, she makes it known, and uh, Gabe, her husband, is kind of playing it off, and then. But they're going out yeah. there to meet friends, right? Because like Gabe's best friend mm-hmm. lives out there. They all have kind of like their own little cottages uh, on the so beach. They meet the with the white people lake, family yeah. on the beach, you know, the the, yeah. the, the, the white friends. And uh, which you could tell there's always this weird kind. I would say I made this comment to Aaron, right? Like, and I love that about Jordan Peele's two films so far is there's a lot of commentary on the interaction between black and white people mm-hmm. and, and culture and feeling comfortable, right? So like, it's funny that you see Gabe and his friend completely comfortable because they're good friends. They're best friends. They're at a point where, you know, they don't see color if they talk to each other. They're just kind of friends hanging out. But the two wives kind of being brought into this situation, that doesn't mean they have that same comfort or the young daughter and the two twins, the two girls, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And the young boy, like there's this, all this weird kind of tension of like, I don't know you. I don't have anything in common with you. I don't even want to kind of be here. We're here because our dads are friends. Basically, basically. So throughout, you know, uh, that same night when uh, when Addie is telling Gabe that she's not comfortable, that they got to go, the daughter, um, what is her name? Uh, Zora. It was Zora, right? Yeah. She wanders in and uh, she's like, there's four people standing out front. Is and that the girl or the boy that said it? Mm, I think it was the girl. Okay. One of them said it. The kid, one, one of the kids yeah. said it. Yeah. One of the kids sure. came in and said it. And then there's a family outside. In our yeah. Driveway. There's just four of them. And, and that's when eventually we figure out that they are the quote shadows. Um, uh, we find out that there was a, this was a government program that could combine, that could split the body into two, but not the soul. So there's an upstairs, downstairs element. There's a uh, light shadow uh, above ground, underground component to this. And, at the end, when they start showing what the people above are doing and the people below are doing, it is like these people have no existence except to replicate what the people above are doing. And they can't help it but do but, that. But, but the scariest thing of it is you don't know what the pro, what what the reason was, what mm-hmm. the and and that it was abandoned, and uh, and then these people are having children just because the people above are having children. So therefore, it just perpetuates the cycle, and and there's no direction, and it it, it is. Like that's as good as I can get without getting yeah. into all of the spoilery stuff. But it. But the it idea is, is these things. The 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 uh, this version of Adelaide's this yeah. the the shadow version of Adelaide has decided that she was done. She was done with this existence of coexisting with the above people, and she tr- she basically rallied the people from the underground. The, these shadow people. I don't want to call them shadow people because they're in existence. You can see them, but the the shadow versions, these people that are uh, the duplicates, um, the tethered, the tethered, they call them exactly. So these tethered people, she gets them all to a point where now they're rallied and they're all going to make a move at one point where they're all going to come above ground and just basically overtake and kill off, untether themselves from the 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 above people so that they can now live and enjoy sunlight and and fresh air and blue skies and and not have to kind of be in this underground thing without any will because like you said whatever's going on above if you're drinking a glass of water 
on the underground side of it, there's another version of you unhappily mimicking you, you know, and mm-hmm. doing it. And maybe they don't want to do it. Maybe they do. And maybe they're having fun. Maybe they're not, you know, some, did you notice that there was a one scene where, the, where she's walking through the, uh, the, the fun, you know, the fun area and, and the, the roller coasters are going, but then on the underground, it's just the hallway. And, and some of them just, look like they were like having a good time. Some look like they were not, they, their faces were absolutely like, like upset that they were, were they mimicking moving. people's faces, facial expressions that, that were above ground. I don't know, dude. It was weird, right? But not was, everybody enjoys roller coasters. Exactly. Exactly. So, but the way, the way uh, she tells the story when, when the Adelaide gets the, you know, the shadow version of her gets to her and is telling her the story of this kind of underground existence. It's, it's made to be that they don't have any will in this and that they're not happy. You know, when the, when the people above are eating warm meals below, they have to eat raw rabbits. Like you see rabbits all over this underground and they're being fed just raw and there's a scene where you're going by the you know the 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 boardwalk and people are eating and then cuts to one downstairs and they're all just mowing down on all this raw meat and you hear like rabbits screaming dude it's it's almost like a um i don't want to say it's a commentary on free will versus um predetermined but it's it it uses those that's in there those there's a lot of different commentary for sure um yeah, dude, there's a lot in this film. So, uh, what was I going to say too? Um, oh, there was a that big thing about the hands across America and how much that affected her from when she was younger. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, yeah, there's a lot going on, and the idea is these these undergrounds, uh, the underground shadows are are done. And that's why they're up. And so our our family now, the one we're following here, has to survive. It's almost like a, a zombie, a zombie apocalypse, right? It's almost like that survival thing now. They're in a world where a lot of the things that are above ground now are not regular humans anymore. It's almost like that movie with Jet Li. Yeah, uh, was it what, one or where like multi-dimensional Jet Li? I, I think I've only for... seen one Jet Li movie in my life, so I don't. <laughs> I don't well, know that. I don't. That'll I don't know change soon. <laughs> uh, but oh, yeah, th- yeah. there's a movie where it's either like the one or there can be. It's like Highlander, more or less. Gotcha. Like a multiverse okay. Highlander where different versions of Jet. It's like that Spider-Man Into the Shadows game it's where they had like Spider-Verse. Uh, sort of, but like there was an Xbox game a couple. Not that you have it, but a couple okay. years back uh, that came out where there were four different. It was a multiverse, more or less. Gotcha. And this is kind of like multiverse. Uh, it's not multiverse, but it's like. It's the good, bad, the light, dark, the the you know, two one soul, two people, and they have to fight for it. You know, Highlander. You know, now that you know, just thinking about this out loud. Yeah. Uh, that kind of mental, not mentality, but like idea as well. Like they, if they want to be above ground, I guess they have to kill their yeah. Their counterpart. They have to yeah. untether themselves. Yeah. And it's funny how much, like, I didn't even think about that. They call it, talk about the tether, the tether. And at the very beginning of the film, you know, it opens in 1980s. We're looking at a TV, a, a television set from the 80s, and it's a commercial for the Hands Across America, this big thing that they did to, to fight hunger, this kind of demonstration where in the 80s, literally people from the West Coast, you know, at the Pacific Ocean began linking hands and joining hands with people. And, and it went, it, it, it made its way all the way out to the Atlantic Ocean. And I 
I don't know which way it went. I was interested in looking this up after I watched it. I watched this movie again this morning. Uh, so that's why I was running a little late in the first place. But I was watching it again this morning. So my intent was to look it up to see like the route it actually took. Like how did it how did it move across America itself? Um, it, spoiler alert. It didn't go the whole way across. Oh, so that's why there we Mount- have hungry people still. Yeah, because of mountains and lakes and rivers. Well, and they could have. We got to have some mountain climbers. Well, no. See, here's the thing: we do have mountains, right? But we have roads that go through mountains. We do. So I'm sure they could have coordinated it so it went straight across the country without any breaks. Probably. But I hope but, these. I, mean, I hope these people sleep well at night, knowing that people are no longer eating because they just didn't get the job done. They're probably not around to care because this was 35 maybe, years maybe ago those young kids in that line man little eight-year-olds and 10-year-olds no i meant the coordinators <laughs> um but yeah so one of the things i picked up on was at the beginning the commercial talks about that they're going to tether themselves across america so immediately there's so much that in in his films like when i watched get out the second time i said it i saw all of these things now that made more sense and not even just to make sense but now you can see it's almost like these little things that are telling you a little bit about the story without saying so uh did you look up jeremiah eleven eleven, or is this something you know by mm-hmm. heart i i look we had looked it up i i spoiler alert, i watched a video after this because I oh, was that kind like, of showed I, you all the different well, things. Well, that, but I was like, I need a little bit more info on this because I'm living in it right now. Like this one made me live in it a lot, and it's basically. Uh, I, have you, did you do you know what it is, or do you want me to give you? What the, you talk, you were talking about like the themes? No, no, no. I meant the oh. the, the verse. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw. The, I looked up the verse again today. I looked it up the first time I saw it, but I looked it up again today. But yeah, if you want to read it, what does it say? Well, I'll give you the, the synopsis. It's basically shit's going to happen. Oh, you're not going to read it in like a, a reverend voice. I don't and have my reverend the glasses. Lord said, yeah, put, put a filter on. Yeah. Put some reverb on this one. Uh, basically, it says, God says, shit's going to get real. I'm going to let it happen. You're on your own. And honestly, that's pretty much what it is. And this yeah. is what. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. But yeah, you're right. Basically saying the evil's coming. And you're not going to be able to escape it. I don't care if you cry. I'm not listening. You know who else said that? Rorschach. Yes. Yes. Watchmen. Uh, how, how, how interesting is it that the verse and verse and chapter is 11, 11? Like well, there's a mirror, lot of symmetry. Right. How about, memory. did you notice when they were on the beach? that shot from above how beautiful it looks because the way the shadows are cast it's the shadows that are this our human form that you see walking across the screen on the beach and you hmm. see them walking you know from above so they don't look like humans it just looks like like whatever you know but the shadows themselves are actually the humans that was a sweet scene today that i caught uh, a lot of the looking in a mirror and seeing the mirror reflection a lot of the using use of mirrors in certain shots there's a shot where gabe's shaving and talking to his wife uh, but the camera is set to look into the bathroom against the mirror so that you see his reflection. But when he comes out, you realize that it's the reflection that you weren't really looking at him. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many different things in this movie that do that kind of that. Well, that. When she goes down the laundry room in the basement and yeah. she looks at and she's reminiscing and she sees the the the, the ballet, um, you know, her younger self. And then the mirror turns and looks at her like, I'm going to get you. Yeah, it's creepy, you know? dude. Right. Um, oh, it's great. It's great, creepy. The she's a kid and she sees the the uh, the vagrant with the Jer- Jeremiah eleven eleven sign, right? 
mm-hmm. as an adult coming into town, he's being wheeled. The same guy is being wheeled into the back of a, an ambulance. Same sign. And you see the same sign. You think to yourself, wow, is that the same dude? Super old now. And you don't really pay attention unless you, because at first you're like, oh, maybe he just died. And he, you know, but if you, it, the second time around, I paid attention and noticed, oh, he had stab wounds all over him, stab wounds mm-hmm. all over his chest. I was like, oh, wow. He was okay. jacked up. Yeah. So, uh, dude, there's a lot in this film that it, that does, it has that, right? It's got that kind of weird, um, uh, what, what is it like? Not well, kind of symbolism, but it's it, it visual symbolism. Like you, it's basically telling you what's coming and what's happening with the story just through some of these imi- the imagery. Yes. Might be the word you're thank looking you. for. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, for me, dude, I thought this was an amazing story all the way to the end. What did you think of the very, 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 very end? Like the, like when you realized, oh shit. Yeah, that was, um, I was like, oh, well, you know, when, when they, when they went through all of that, when she went through all of it, you know, the, it made sense because you saw how smooth red was moving. Mm-hmm. in the in between the desks and how Addie was not um and then they th- there's that monologue in between and and everything else also there's um, the mention of dancing but then she didn't dance anymore she stopped dancing even like yeah mm-hmm. the and fact like, that the mother's was, like that's not my daughter she's not my daughter you know what i mean well that and and then it was you know with with the dancing you know like i peaked at 14 when she says that earlier in the movie yeah, and you're like yeah. okay that makes sense but who was tethered to who who was the who was in charge so to speak right who was doing the the primary action and who was doing the the uh, emulation uh, of the action exactly and um who has more to lose at this point that's that's a big question um but you know that was like toward the end like i didn't see it until like at the end but like at the very 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 end back in the hall of mirrors when when you get that that uh, that data dump and you're just like, oh yeah, well, explain how about why that? she couldn't talk, why her throat bo- why her voice box was fucked up, why she was so hoarse when when Red started talking, when they yeah. sat down with the family, and I'm even with thinking, the, the, even with the story that the the whole thing with the dancing, like because she was the one underground and she was the one kind of of the more free will, she was ba- able to just kind of dance and not, you know what I mean? And then for them, that blew everybody away. And it kind of, it was almost like that's what woke them up from this kind of mental attachment either, where now they were just standing watching her. They weren't, you know, mimicking whatever was happening with their shadow selves above. Too. It was, uh, you know, that I'm telling you, the film just kind of made me be like, wow. Second time around even, I was just like, God, man, this is just like... Well- this plot is so almost completely solid. There's some things in it where I'm like, yeah, but yeah. overall, well, dude, plot, uh, government, solid. government, uh, project to clone people. I mean, perfect, eh, but well, you perfect. Don't, you don't really have to get too deep into it. It's just because they don't tell you anything about it. You don't, right. you don't know anything about it either. So you don't, it's like a quiet place, right? Yeah. Yeah. You it, have to it, wait to two to see what happened at the beginning. They don't take the time to explain everything so that you, you know, you know, beat by beat how we got here. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the one, my biggest takeaway during, I mean, I was during the movie, I'm like, this is fucked up. <laughs> like, Ugh. but at the end of the movie, um, I, I was just like, this is such a unique movie. Like, it, the, the the plot is dense like we're still talking about the plot by the way yeah and yeah. It, but it's so dense and full like what are we 20 minutes in maybe but it's it's dense it's full 
like if there was a plot hole, I forgot what it was because I'm on to the next part of the plot. And like the second act is so big. And then yeah. the climax is like 45 minutes long. I'm like, well, damn. Yeah. You know, but there's, I found in Jordan Peele's movies, he's so good with, there's a setup like the boat. By the yes. way, what'd you think of, uh, what'd you think of what's his name's boat name? Uh, what was it again? Now? It was B yacht, B yacht, but B apostrophe Watt, uh, yacht apostrophe T, B yacht, B yacht, B yacht, like more, a more or less. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't think there's a proper pronunciation for it, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, but it was like that in the, you know, where he's, there's a fight with, um, with Gabe and, and uh, yeah. Abraham, his, they, they, and they have different names. I'm kind of glad. I, I like the head. They have different names, but I kind of was thinking that they would have like inverse names. Like, yeah, that would have been, that would have been wicked, dude. I mean, the way that red was talking e-bag. Yeah, I mean, it. well, it might have been like, maybe what is his last name in the first name? Like yeah. Gabriel Backwards was his first, was his last name. That'd have been cool. I mean, that'd be cool. Be a, I was trying to figure out if some of them were like that. No, no, uh, I don't. It's just, so, this, but, yeah, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know, dude. I thought it was, uh, it was definitely solid. And it was one of these ones where all the way at the very end, even the end is extremely satisfying. I didn't feel like uh, that was weak. Or that was a cop out. You know what I mean? Whereas it but could be, it didn't feel that way at all. There's so much setup that you don't know as a setup. Right. And then at the end, it's so well described or, or little drops throughout the movie, like the hands across America. Yeah. And why do they have scissors? Why do they, you know, because they're called tethered. Yeah. Why do they have red prison jumpsuits on? First of all, how do they get all that stuff? But that's a whole nother story for another podcast that's not yeah. ours. Um, but the you know it might have been already a part of the government thing and the you know who knows we we have no for, clue what was down there for rabbits who knows right yeah for cutting up the rabbits but you know all that was very interesting as to why they had there was a very specific reason as to why they're wearing prison jumpsuits that are red and high waters yeah uh, but no you're you right know. dude but you're in terms of, of trying to find whole holes you, you probably can find a, a few maybe but overall it feels like everything was 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 tied up beautifully at the end because like i said even even the, on the, i remember the first time watching it and she's going through the the fun house she makes her way directly to the mirror where she where she had found the lady and that which awesome little symbolism the little painted white rabbit right and then so first of all it's the white rabbit like the matrix like alice in wonderland going down, down the, the rabbit, rabbit hole, hole. But the rabbits are what keeps them alive down there. So it's almost like this is the way you have to go. But she knew exactly where to go. And well, I remember and thinking we find to myself, out why. We yes, find out why later, too. Exactly. I didn't even, I just thought of that. I didn't even th- I'm still thinking about it two days later, you know? That's exactly. And I was just thinking to myself, I remember the first time being like, oh, come on, how is she gonna know that? Like, how did she know exactly where to go and how that that door would open? Well, we know why later, dude. It was mm-hmm. a, you know, yeah, it's really good. It's it was done very, very well. And and man, like I said. Uh, if there was any doubt as to whether or not it was a one hit wonder with get out, Jordan Peele just kind of like settled that with this one. Like in terms of plot, even I don't think you can, this is a solid, solid plot. The dude wrote this, you know what I mean? What a great idea. Well, yeah. And, and obviously he's, he's blended a fair amount of genre genres oh, yeah. and, you know, and, uh, the same with, with get out as well. But I mean, this is the plot. I can't, I can't find fault in any large you know, 
let me put it in perspective. This is not an episode of Power Rangers where it's paper thin and flimsy. It's a, <laughs> it's a very solid, I mean, very solid plot. I mean, it's, and it had financing too. 20 million on a Blumhouse movie. Who gets that? Yeah. Well, but, Jordan Peele gets that after he yeah. does Get Out, dude. Yeah, but then he makes two hundred fifty-five million on the movie Jeez. from the box box office. So I, I, I think he's got a little bit of cred when it comes to uh, you need that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, dude, Here, I'm loving. Check. I'm loving this grouping of of directors and creators we have right now, dude. You know, mm-hmm. Ari Asher. You know, Jordan Peele. Uh, even Adam. I'm a big fan of Adam Green movies too, dude. But I love. I just love that these guys are coming out and just really kind of taking a lot of what they they know works and revolutionizing it with their ideas and making things fresh you know what i mean it's just i don't know i think he's killing it and they're giving a fresh perspective yeah that moviegoers have not seen before or at least to this level yes you know with jordan peele being here's a spoiler alert being a black man uh he has a more unique uh take on it than than we do yeah not that we're in film but they're Steven Spielberg, Robert Zemeckis, uh, Stanley George Kubrick, Lucas, George Lucas, you know, all these people that have come before him, George A. Romero, uh, you know, they've all been and are still are, as far as I know, white males. Yeah. Yeah. So from one that's perspective. perspective. Yes. Yeah. It's a very different perspective. Um, so I, I, I love it. I like it. And, you know, in the time where, you know, different voices need to be heard anyway from a societal standpoint. Yeah. Um, the, this I think this is very refreshing and Heck it's yeah, creepy dude. as fuck, which I liked because I I watched this from ten thirty to about one a.m. <laughs> dude, I'm telling and, you, he's so good, dude. He yeah, he it, understands what works in terms of certain shots, uh, pacing, you know, the creepiness factor, and then and I don't want to keep getting too far into this because we're going to get into these segments, but using soundtrack and sound and all these different things. So, but before we get into soundtrack and sound, we're going to get into acting. So let's get into the cast. I hope I say her name right. Would you like me to take this one? Is it? I, do you I do not say it? This. Yes. Uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o. Yes, played, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, played uh, Adelaide and Red. So the cool thing about this movie is that their doppelgangers were played by the same person. Yes. They weren't just a hair different. They weren't. I mean, they were. So they had the, to play two different types of characters, dude. And how many times did you look for the scene if they had... This, them in the same scene or over the shoulder. And, yeah, you know, yeah. There was a lot of blocking shots so that there weren't, you know, but they did both roles and they were so different. Yes. And it had to be so, so fun for everybody to do that. And she did well. She did awesome as Adelaide, right? Like this mm-hmm. character. Um, and and even the way she portrayed a lot of the, the kind of anxiety that she was starting to feel, the panic when she just couldn't get her eyes on her son, all those different things. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, right? The terror, the, the the tears in her eyes, just the way the facial features she had uh, during certain scenes. And then to switch it over and be this kind of creepy, really weird, like, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. Red, this, oh, man. Like, well, and the second she spoke, you're like, whoa the fuck yeah. happened here man because we but you then, find out later <laughs> yeah but up until then we hadn't heard any of these people speak not that we knew that they existed but mostly grunting it's a lot of grunting yeah. this a lot yeah. of them sound like velociraptors and like yeah. and sasquatch man yeah it's yeah. like 10 what what 1 million bc <laughs> basically it's what it's that's how they interact with each other Ugh <laughs> want this yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah lupita man she kills this dude she absolutely kills this yeah, and and she was in Black Panther. She had about a thirty second. She was on screen for like thirty seconds to a minute, maybe. Really? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, and and she was uh, remember in the beginning where uh, T'Challa jumps out of that ship and uh, somebody says "Don't freeze," and he freezes in front of that girl. That was I'd have her. to watch it again. It, it like I said, it's very throwaway, <laughs> but it was like a big thing that she was in it, and I don't remember seeing her in anything before Black Panther. Yeah, but apparently she's been in a lot of things up until that point. Yeah, but she's a bigger name now, you know, having played in some of these films. Uh, we also had Winston Duke. We already mentioned that he was in Black Panther. Uh, he plays husband Gabriel, Gabe, and also the doppelganger, Abraham. Um, this, this, this was fun, too, mm-hmm. right? Like, first he plays this this kind of dad who he's kind of corny, but he's still oh, kind of cool, right? But he's, he's also he's also like, well, I say he's kind of cool because he's like from our generation, dude. Like, he's into our stuff, you know what I mean? So I'm like, come on, he's not a dork. And he's trying to dab in front of his daughter. His daughter's like, oh, God, stop. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he plays this. Oh, I love the scene too, where like he's trying to intimidate uh, the family. You know, when it starts to get kind of dark and creepy, he's mm-hmm. like, "I told you already, get off!" And he starts his voice starts getting deeper. Like, mm-hmm. like he tries, to, to, tries to be intimidating. <laughs> um, I love, I love the line where they're like, "Oh, they're gonna get the key, and he, the hidden key, or the the spare key." He's like, "Spare key? That's some white people shit." A white people shit. <laughs> I just, is that? I just started cracking up. Like that was the funniest line I think in the movie. Probably uh, intended to be too, but dude, it, was it was so just... funny. Uh when he got the boat, right? Just being that kind of like that groaning thing that he was playing that character, that dad. But then when he's this when he's Abraham, he's this kind of p- terrifying like kind of unstoppable force and you don't know what he's going to do. Like I thought initially when I first watched, it, I thought he was going to kill him, right? I'm like, "All right, he's going to kill him right now." Nope, mm-hmm. he knocked him out to go drown him. Like he tried to do it make it even worse. But the the tethered people, the tethered group is just so difficult to keep them down. Like they yeah. could fall from a second floor. They could be underwater for however long. Yeah. I mean, dude, he's like Jason, dude. He's just popping out of the water an hour later. More or less until he hits his head and like splatters it, I guess, all over the boat engine. But yeah, I, I thought that he wasn't, like you said, he wasn't going to make it. I didn't think, well, I'm going to. Yeah clip that sentence right there because i don't want to give away too much but you know there's yeah it is what it is man Mm -hmm. uh elizabeth moss played the the uh she was the wife of the best friend right so she played kitty tyler and the dark version of her was dahlia elizabeth moss um i'm just trying to think like i know i've seen her in certain things i just can't think i know i've seen her maybe in mad men yeah is that what it is she's peggy um here's a question for you do you think that they put Dahlia as the name, as like a Jordan Peele being a fan of horror? Oh, for probably. like the Black Dahlia, probably hundred um, percent. Oh, she was also in the twenty twenty version of the Invisible Man, which I definitely hasn't mm. haven't seen yet. I haven't but seen I, that, but, I but I've seen great. her. Uh, I saw that you know her on the posters. So uh, she played this kind of you know, the wife of the best friend who's there to kind of, okay. Yeah. And you, you know, she's drinking already what she's three drinks in when she's they're hanging out with mm. them already. I wanna, uh, and I then she makes a comment. It's, it's kind of good. It's time to go. Cause it's a vodka clock. <laughs> Throat punch. I mean, maybe to, maybe to Josh, uh, uh, just because <laughs> Tim Heidecker, Heidecker dude, yeah. from Tim and Eric. Awesome show uh, plays the best friend in this. Is film. that who this is? Yes. He's Tim of Tim and Eric. Yes. Well, how about that? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, he plays the best friend and he plays this kind of character perfect too. It's the character that it's almost like the frenemy, right? Your friends, 
but there's also like when you when you're home with your 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 family you're like oh god sometimes he you know he got he made that comment like he just got that car to piss me off like to one up me right like they're always kind of competing and trying to one up each other as friends but they're still friends they're best friends uh, and he plays that guy pretty well to kind of there's a slight douchiness to him but not really you know what well, i mean kind of a yeah. Even his doppelganger, right? When he does the thing where he's going to like go to reach out to him, then he, he does the whole swipe the hand, the hair yeah. thing. That was cool back in like what? <laughs> 1980. <Never>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Hands across did, America. Yeah. Uh, do you notice his, his uh, doppelganger name is Tex? I, I just, I don't know why, but I find that funny. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, um, dude. Do you think just speculation here. Do you think Jordan Peele just threw in a white family to be like the token white people in this? I hope so. Cause that like makes the, it amazing. It, it's well, and, and kind of in, in uh, get out was, I mean, he had, um, uh, Daniel, uh, the, the main, the main actor, yeah. he was like the token black guy in the movie Yeah, in yeah. an uncomfortable white person setting. Yeah. This is just an uncomfortable setting. Yeah. And he has a family as like they're Oh yeah. They're my white friends. Yeah. You know, and I love to, how he portrays the family. Like he's the, like the, the, the husband who's just kind of like, Oh, do I have to do that? And the wife's like, yes, get your ass up now and do that. And the two daughters that are just complete bitches. Mm-hmm. And they just, <laughs> they're, they have enough money that they just get away. Everybody gets away with whatever they want to do. Basically. And it, it's just those kinds of people irritate me because nobody has earned anything there. Most, uh, anyway. One of the things we always talk about on our show uh, when we are talking about film and actors is children, children acting in the films, right? So we had three, uh, three main children that worked in this film. The first one being the young version of Adelaide that gets lost in the Hall of Mirrors. Um, she doesn't do much. She's a, she, there, there's, I don't think she even speaks, does she? Or maybe she says a couple things at the very beginning. But other than that, it's all silent. It's all silent work as she's moving around and walking. She said one or two things and it was mainly just like, no, oh, I don't have to go to the bathroom. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to go. Yeah. Oh, and I want and that whistled. one. She wanted the, she wanted the, uh, the, the, the thriller shirt. t-shirt, yeah. which when I saw that, I looked at Aaron, I was like, I'm, I need one. I need uh, a Michael Jackson's yeah. thriller shirt. Dude. Oh, no, that I don't shirt care. looked like it was, I, I don't know. A thriller that shirt was shirt, something. Dude. I need a thriller shirt, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the girl who plays her, I thought, you know, in the role that she was asked to play, did a great job. You know, even at the end too, mm-hmm. when it showed her pl- a little bit more interaction, when she was doing the the evil version of her, and then the 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 lighter version of her, great job. Um, and then the other two two kids in the film too, the, the the daughter Zora and the son Jason. I thought both really good job. You know, mm-hmm. nothing about their performances was like, oof, it's a kid acting. You can tell, you know, that kind of it didn't seem natural. Yeah, this, these kids felt very natural in the way they were uh, they were portraying these characters. Oh, absolutely. Like the little kid was a little, this has become a term, so I don't know what the proper way of, of phrasing it is, but he's a little spectrumy or, or yeah, maybe no. he's just a little kid. I said that to Aaron. I said that to her. I was like, does he have like some sort of like autism spectrum with the masks and this kind of, you know, uh, and she's like, I don't know. I don't see it. I'm like, really? Like, Aaron, really? You don't see that? Cause I thought I saw that a little bit, this kind of, you know, this need mm-hmm. to, to have the masks and this fascination with that, that little hand flare thing he was trying to mess with well and what what good parent gives their kid a like a, <laughs> well, it's a lighter magic, right i guess it's supposed to be these little magic things but yeah no kidding look what I'm happened sure to it's... the kid on these on the shadow side oof so okay let's go back to Ooh, the plot here yes, for a second yes so the little kid so the tethered are supposed to follow what the untethered are, are doing right 
Yeah, almost always. I was what I felt. I felt like it was when it became this almost willing thing, this willing movement. Yeah, then the other like one towards became, the end. Yes, yeah. like so. Who's really in charge there? Obviously, I think it was a, I think it was a self sacrifice because Red was way back there behind yeah. waiting. Yeah, but who was in charge of who there? Yes, and why was he doing that? And you know, because he pretty much figured out that he was, or is it like that? Is it one of those where kids' minds are more malleable because they're kids? Yeah, could be. Um, I don't know, but both did did a great job, right? Like he played this really weird kind of beast kind of character when he was on from the shadow side, but then this again that spectrumy kind of a feel to the kid, um, you know. And the girl was great. She was she was the perfect kind of a preteen girl. Yeah. Well, well, holy fuck! Like the the eye makeup and the grease back hair. If that thing, if, if something that looks like that ever comes at me and yes. runs, I'm and like, can run, yes, because you know her shadow can run too, dude. And do you remember when you saw her running up from behind her, and then she just kind of cuts off to the side? You're like, oh fuck, I bet, no, dude. You know, what? I'd rather I'll, have have her in sight than not in sight, dude. I'll bet that shadow, that tethered, runs with her arms perfectly at her sides. Oh god, dude, that's Probably. like the most. Why is it the most creepier, frightening, dude? <laughs> why is that the most frightening running like thing, like with mouth closed know. too the whole time? I don't no. know. Mouth closed, just breathing through their nose. 100% but she of the had time. a great. I mean, the way she did this whole cocking of her head, kind of chin down, looking through the tops of her, you know, her eyelids, mm-hmm. uh, really creepy. But then again, on the other side of it, as the regular as Zora, uh, like I said, she plays this preteen girl to a T. Like it's just like she's just basically, you know, that's what these girls are at that age on their phones, kind of sassy at times, you know. Uh, she was supposed to go and hang out with the two twins on the beach, but she's like, yeah, now I'm going to go over here and just kind of sit and be on my phone and watch my brother. Right. I'm going to be not there. How's that sound? Exactly. Um, Um, I I will say that um, it is unfortunate that the dad of Addie was not used more, but he was great though. Um, I'm, it was, uh, the the guy's name is, uh, the actor is Yaha. He's the guy that played Cal from Watchmen. He is good, and, dude. And he, I mean, all you saw was the back of his head and the back of his body. You saw a couple of him. When, you did see him when he, like, he won the prize for her and gave her the the uh, the shirt and even, like, the facial features he was making. And oh, that, you know, again... You know what, when you saw him? Was when they were showing the tethered part of there's no props there. Yes. They're just acting against subway That's tile. Exactly what I was just about that, to say. That was wild, by the way. I, and his I face it. there made it look like he was not, like he did not want to be a part of this. Like he was, it was kind of, um, you know, forced. torturous and yeah. forced. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He was, a, he was awesome. And even the uh, Anna, Anna Diop, Diop, the one who played the mother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she, she was good too, dude. Uh, the cast in this film, I felt like was just on point. Everybody in this cast was, was so good. Um, one thing that you may want to know that, which is kind of cool. I didn't know this. Uh, the sound of the dying rabbit was Jordan Peele. He made mm-hmm. that sound and he was also uncasted as the funhouse narrator. Mm-hmm. So that narration you hear in the funhouse, that's him. Yeah. He, he, he doesn't do the overt Hitchcock uh, I cameos, was thinking about that today does, as I was watching it. He does a little bit, but not enough. He he probably does enough to stay on SAG. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I was thinking about that as I was watching this the second time through today. I was thinking to myself, I kind of wish he did. I kind of wish he took that kind of, you know, Hitchcock thing where he was in all his films that he just, he just plays this like little tiny character, maybe like the newsstand guy or like a gas station attendant. You know what I mean? But that also takes you out of it too at times. It does like, too, oh, because you're like, oh, yeah. there's Jordan Peele. 
Like I didn't know that was Hitchcock when we watched the birds. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I I didn't know until because I, I don't I don't like to look at anything, any print, any you know gotcha. re- recaps until after I watch the movie. Right. You don't honestly want right before we start this. Right. Um. But you know, M Night did that. He did that in his films. He would. I don't know oh, how yeah. how many more he did, but I know up at least until the village. Uh. Or no, he, wasn't he in Devil also? Or no, he presents uh, Devil. He didn't direct it or something like uh, that. He direct. He didn't write it. I know that much. Um. Those are the main characters. I yeah, think. I was going to say anything else in terms of acting that that stood out for you. For me, I just felt like everyone was on top. I mean, it was great. I, I, I want to say that the acting was was spot on. You know, the casting was was tremendous. Uh, I mean, yeah. it, it seems like Jordan Peele on these sets, and I think I've said this before. Um, uh, uh, I forget what movies there, are, but you know, you don't have if you have a good set like Taika Waititi's sets. Apparently, are yeah. very fun. Uh, f- they're they're so much fun that um, Natalie Portman is coming back to do Thor four, yeah, uh, as opposed to just bailing because everybody else was not fun or not, you know, doesn't you know, whatever. Um, but the the um, you know, it's not it's the exact opposite of having an a, an Ed two hundred nine pointing double barrels at you with with them spinning the thread of you're going to do this right or I'm going to I'm going to go all Michael Keaton on or <laughs> right, you know. Um, but you know it's it's um they seem fun he gets what he needs out of these these actors i i have i didn't watch anything uh, as far as um outtakes or or director's commentary or anything like that on this one because i di- i didn't need to watch it from uh, i wanted to see what everybody else was saying but yeah um but i i think mainly that there's just the the characters the acting it, it doesn't seem like there's too much that's asked to these people but if it's out of their range, Jordan has a way of getting it, evoking that response. So I think that as a director, he's he's pretty good with figuring yeah. out what he needs and who he wants to cast. It's not just a good old boys club of, oh, you were in this movie with me. Let's well, you want to do another one unless the role calls for it. Right. hundred percent. No, I agree. Agree. Uh, let's get into the soundtrack music, soundtrack score. I got fu- dude. All right, immediately we're talking 90, some '90s hip hop in here and, and late '80s hip hop. Where I was just like, all right, this is, I love that already. But then you also have the score, which was a big part of this film. Um, and again, like in Get Out, the score did a lot of these kind of orchestral strings that weren't used the way you normally hear in films in terms of actual like orchestral pieces right it was more of these jarring kind of stabs these you know what i mean these weird Mm -hmm. kind of uh stabs these little build-ups these very staccato in terms of you know like short yes it's almost like so with with string instruments they take the 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 bow and they go perpendicular to the string yeah almost like for some of these like nails on the chalkboard sounds they Uh. go parallel with it yeah, and therefore the it's horsehair or synthetic horsehair now uh, of the that's the material grading across it. Yeah, they pull it across perpendicular to the it the bow perpendicular, like it. and it's like ee, you yes. know that kind of screeching and and it just it adds. It's like a what's the the guy that makes all the sound? Is that the the gaffer, the sound uh, effects guy? It, it it he can take the afternoon off. Oh, the foley guy. The foley guy. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Sound effects guy. How about that? You <laughs> there know? you go. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, you know, it adds to that, to whatever the Foley does. 
and and it just makes it so ominous you're like oh that's not a natural sound and this no. is not a natural of a scenario clones and you know and everything else but it's like this is weird but it like every time they played that that um that uh non-english uh chant song whatever yeah like, shit's getting real run get the fuck up out of there don't run up the stairs you know <laughs> you know just get the fuck run right. bitch the media's here <laughs> No, yeah, the, the 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 score on this loved it. Again, you know, the most important thing about a score, and we discuss this every single time, is that it captures the feel of the scene. That you know, it's being used in one of two different ways to carry a scene through and to kind of move us through, and and or to evoke feeling. And he does it. I mean, it's it's used well on both sides throughout this entire film. There's times when the score is used to the, to kind of evoke this feeling of anxiety and just kind of nerves, right? And then there's the, the time where it's just kind of bringing us across what's happening. Then you have soundtrack, which is, is kind of like the flavor. This is what, you know, we being in, 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 you know, having grown up in the eras we've grown up through and popular culture and music being readily available, you know, the term soundtrack of our lives is not a, a new to people, right? When you say that, you understand what you mean. Songs that you grew up hearing throughout your life. And so when you use soundtracks in films, it's very important that this, it, it has the same feeling as the kind of songs that you would consider as a soundtrack. It has to fit what's happening or it's got to add some sort of you know, flavor to it. Like I, I like to say flavor. No, I know exactly what you mean. You this know, one, just... I got five on it works because first of all, the parents, Adelaide and, and Gabe, this is music from their era. This is their music. So they're listening to that and they're jamming on it. And yes, the song is about dealing drugs and they're playing it and they're telling their kids, you know, it's not, don't do drugs, but just get into that groove, get into that mm, music. It's, it's more about I mean? the beat and not the words. Yeah. All the time. Then, Sometimes, but not dude, all the time. One of my favorite pieces, and it helps to kind of lighten the mood. It, it adds a little bit of a humor to a very dark moment is uh, when she's like, Ophelia, call the police playing fuck the police by NWA. And yeah. then fuck the police comes on while, you know, these people are being murdered by mm -hmm. their, their shadow halves. Um, I love that. I love when you have music that doesn't really fit what you're seeing on screen, but for some reason it works. Like when the Beach Boys was playing earlier too in the film, right? Mm -hmm. During that kind of violent sequence. Uh, I, what was it? Good Vibrations. Good Vibrations mm -hmm. is playing during some really violent shit. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't think I'm going to listen to that song ever the, the, the same again, right? Um, was it The it, Hill, Hills Have Eyes? Hills Have Eyes played uh, California Dreaming while someone's being absolutely <laughs> destroyed, murdered, and raped. And I just remember thinking to myself, every time I hear that song now, that's what I think. Oh, well, there's there's more to that song. We're not going to get into it here. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a little bit more to that song, and um, but this one does yeah. the same now with good vibrations. Because now I hear good vibrations, and I'm thinking us. It's almost like, um, to a degree, Willem Dafoe in um, Boondock Saints, where he puts on opera and just starts like parading yes. around and doing yes, like there's a bullet. And there's a bullet and this guy shot this way and mm -hmm. he shot that way. Oh, but we have either two gunmen or we have one guy. We got a Wyatt Earp, Wyatt Earp here. And, you know, that juxtaposed to splicing in the uh, uh, Rocco as he's doing, you know, you know, as he's actually, actually you know, the, the, the cut back and forth between the, the, the te detective work and the active, you know, the perpetuating of the crime scene. Yeah. Um, I, I love when they put like 
do that contrast of music as well more so with classical music or yes. like um like just like an orchestral sweeping motion of like and like you know the drums come in kind of like, like in um uh, uh battle royale when he would play it's, that kind of the the the, the symphonic music or these mm-hmm. kind of classicals that you know set to these kids killing themselves and he's listing off names of the dead there's something very like ancient times about it like greek or roman you know you have like that massive fanfare and there's yeah. a guy fighting a lion you're like yeah. well these two things one of these things is not like the other or but, you've got the emperor putting the thumb up or down type of a thing yeah. like which one do you want right yeah yeah um yeah dude but for me i thought the soundtrack okay was on hold point. on time Loved out it. homework assignment the theme to malcolm in the middle yes no maybe could you repeat the question blah 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 yeah i want that spliced over a montage of joaquin phoenix doing the thumbs up thumbs down the thumbs to them in the middle because it makes no sense but my mind went right there so like yes no maybe yeah yeah you know somebody's got to do that <laughs> somebody will do it put it on youtube tag us i'm waiting for the the earnest and the turtles and oh, everything we, else we got but. a lot of stuff we we put on people they better get back to us man um anything else you want to say about the soundtrack or the score is is as far as I could tell, flawless. There's, uh, I'm sure that there's something that they would have rather put in in some somewhere, but you know, there's licensing. That's kind of yeah. hard to do when people say no. But their choice but I, on this one, I think everything that was put in fits exactly what was what what the intention was. Yeah, uh, let's get into the effects. Uh, a lot of a lot of. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Practical. Jeez, Louise, I couldn't think of the word. A lot of practical in terms of blood, in terms of you know slight gore. Uh, the the burned up face of the one the one version the kid the the, the shadow version of the little boy, um, and then some computer effects with the fire. You know, obviously this kid didn't really walk backwards into live fire and burn himself up. Uh, well, so we had a little bit of of digital effects and maybe. I mean, unless they really had that many rabbits on hand in the studio, you know, it feels like maybe that was also duplicated using uh, digital effects. Effects provided by industrial light and magic. Was it really? I didn't even realize that. ILM Mm -hmm. jumped in on this. Well, I don't know that they jumped in. I think they were paid in. (laughs) Hey, they got payday too, though, because that's this movie, The Return, you know? Um, Yeah, but yeah, dude, I thought it looked great. It looked uh there, there's nothing this is definitely you're not looking at this going ooh, who, who did the special effects on this this looks fake right hey, if you say that about great. ilm you must not you, you need to go to the optometrist <laughs> uh also in true sean fashion same guy who did get out for the score did us yeah good he's uh, he's smart dude use the same people in that regard right in the production side of it because it's what's working the packaging is working um, I, the, the phrase is, I think, dance with the one who brought you. There you go. Uh, but yeah, a lot of blood in this film. There's a lot of, of um, and it's not visual gore because it's not over the top, right? It's You don't see like guts spilling out. You don't see any of that stuff. It's it, it's very realistic looking um, in terms of gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, again, the fire scene towards the end too was very realistic looking uh, and it looks great. It really did in terms of when the kid just kind of backs into it and, and even his melted up face looked, looked sweet. Well, and, and they, they didn't do the lazy thing of not putting the trail of gasoline from the car to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also because it's relevant here, uh, a gaffer 
is a chief lighting technician and or is also in charge of electro, uh, uh, head electrician. Or it's the nickname given to the coach of a soccer team in England. Um, the boss, a, the gaffer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, dude, I thought, you know, I thought for me in, the, in terms of special effects in this film, this isn't something that this is not a special effects type of a film. So there's not much to say in, in, aside from that. It looked great. You know, there wasn't anything that looked bad to me. No. And, and even the, uh, the blocking of the shots for, yes, you know, or, or the stitching of, of two, two camera, two, two scene films together for left and right for um, the same actor or yeah. uh, actress being in the, uh, you know, in the same scene. Yep. Yep. Alrighty. Um, what else, dude, what else about this film that you want to say before we rate it? Was there anything that stood out? Like I said, for me, a lot of this was visual when it came to standing mm -hmm. out because the way he framed things and the way these, a lot of what you saw visually that kind of, uh, you know, sprinkled hints as to what this, what was going on or what's coming up or, or maybe what a theme of the entire film is, you know, a lot of the, the dualities, a lot of the doppelganger stuff, the 11, 11, um, even though I remember the time too, he says it on the time, the kid calls it, it's 11, 11. He looks at the clock and, and says the time, uh, I loved it, dude. And it was the second time around when I noticed that beach scene. So go back and watch it again, just when they're walking across the beach. And when you get that overhead shot, I've seen this done in nature. Like you see a, you know, a herd of zebra running and they get that overhead shot, but the shadows are what look like the actual animals, you know, same thing in this. It was amazing. I thought it looked great. Mm -hmm. I, th I think that I mean overall the the cinematography the uh, the soundtrack the score the acting and the use of it uh, the way the actors were used as in, in dual roles um, as well as the story the plot and and all the events and the callbacks and such I mean it was it was all very well done um, yeah. you know, I, I mentioned you know uh, there's a lot of stuff that was callbacks the boat the boat going to the left a little bit um, you know, the boat not starting or, or just stopping and then randomly yeah. starting without your foot on the, I don't know how boats work. Is there a pedals? I don't know, but I, I thought I it was awesome. Key, but I was like, cause it's kind of funny, right? You're like, Oh geez, of course. Uh, and of course it's when he's like standing on the end of it. Right. And it knocks him into the water too. Holding the bat. Here's the plot hole that I found holding oh. the bat. And then in, when he comes back to the house, he has the bat again, even though the bat fell into the lake. Hmm. That's that, a good that, one. That was one thing that almost he's got a second bat in the boat in the boat. Didn't see one, but good call. Good call. Um, and on also that trash bag that he was in would not hold a man of his size. Uh, <laughs> unless he was being carried like a baby in the front, you know. I was wondering too. I was watching it and I thought to myself, uh, there's this little a slight thing, and I and I don't know if it's if it's maybe you know they'll say they'll say it in like the making of, but when he's doing that and he's pulling that little hole, if you take a look at the scene, the bag to the far left, uh, the bag has another hole, and it makes me wonder if this was from one of the takes, and they're like, Second no, just take. use the same bag, turn it, and then frame it so you don't really see it as much, you know what I mean? Because it's what it felt like. Uh, but yeah, you do that <laughs> unless it was ripped from being carried. It was hefty. It was one of those hefty force flex bags, right? Um, uh, probably not really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there's just a bunch of, a bunch of good, good, well-written things, funny things where it needs to be funny. You know, like I mentioned the, you know, the, the spare key, this is some white people stuff. <laughs> um, you know, when they, when they go over to the friend's house and then, uh, the, the captions made me laugh because it said bad Josh before it never, uh, it never, uh, <laughs> called give them their, their doppelganger names. Yeah, just bad. They're like bad That's Josh, amazing. not tech. Um, but yeah, I mean the whole, like we, we mentioned, uh, quite a bit of them already. I mean, there's, you know, the way the girl and her doppelganger 
looked interacted that yeah. guy that came out out of nowhere when the underwear and the wife beater and just being all southern uh he's not clearly not from around there originally uh yeah he, he got what she thought was coming to him a uh, pair of scissors where, where you don't normally put scissors um, yeah that was fun you know, yeah in, inside your person that's Yowch. i never put scissors there or his balls uh <laughs> All right, let's oh, get into the rating, dude. What are we rating this out of? Uh, five golden scissors? Is that yeah, what we laid I, I on? Believe, I do believe. I'll go first. I'm rating this five out of five golden scissors. I don't Very know what good. else to say. Everything I said throughout this this show, everything to me was just so spot on. Jordan Peele does not disappoint in his second outing for me. You know, even even though I didn't have any kind of expectation the first time I saw it. Aside from that, I, I was going in hoping to enjoy the same caliber of entertainment. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it, it, it's, it blew me away in terms of what the story was, how well executed it was, the, the cinematography, the soundtrack, the acting, everything about this film was just so top notch. It deserved a lot of the accolades it got, you know, the actors that were involved deserved, you know, having their careers kind of catapulted even more because of it, you know, Jordan Peele deserves to be, you know, mentioned in conversation with Spielberg, Lucas, you know, uh, Tarantino, you know, Hitchcock he really does this guy just he knows what he's doing and I'm looking forward to the third one whatever he's got coming next let me see it I, I want to watch it so five out of five for me dude so uh, straight to it yeah I mean I started to go into that and then I, I quickly uh, I, uh, what I thought of it I quickly cut myself off uh, just a moment ago but so here we go Monica Castillo of RogerEbert.com gave the film four out of four writing yep. us is a thrilling exploration of the past and oppression this country is still too afraid to bring up I agree by the way uh, Peel wants us to talk and he's given audiences the material to think to feel the way that uh, to, to feel the way through some of the darker sides of the human condition and American experience uh, David Griffin of IGN nine out of ten very strange film also agree uh, but that's okay because it wouldn't be Jordan of Peel. It wouldn't be a Jordan Peel joint uh, if there wasn't a little risk involved. Uh, Peel proved that he is not a one-hit wonder with his truly terrifying, poignant look at the American family that goes through the hells at the hands of a maniacal doppelganger. Yeah, I'm not sure that that last part of the sentence is act is factual, or at least has been proven yet, because there has been no, you know, plague of doppelgangers yet. on American families yet. Yet, but. It opens with the title cards that tell us about the thousands and thousands and thousands of tunnel systems under mm. the U.S. that are not used. Yeah. So we don't really know. Yeah, I mean, true. it could be legit. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, Richard Brody of The New Yorker called the film a colossal achievement, writing that Us is a horror film, though saying it is, it is so like an uh, offering. Saying those, take two, uh, those saying so is like, uh, offering a reminder that The Godfather is a gangster film, 2001: A Space Odyssey is a sci-fi film, w yeah. which I find that he's putting those in the same, you know, in the same sentence. Even if he's not saying that they're this good Still. or to th those caliber, it's like saying that these are obvious tropes or mm -hmm. this is an obvious genre, but that it's an obvious horror film. Again, I agree. Um, so, you know, uh, there's my bibliography. Um, so, uh, you know, as I said a few minutes ago, the score is, is wonderful. It evokes the proper response. That's something that I'm definitely looking for more and more as we do this show. Um, the, uh, the cinematography, even missing that part that you had mentioned, or maybe I saw it and was like, 
oh, neat, but didn't correlate it to anything. And therefore it didn't stick out as much as the guy, in the scarecrow that was dripping blood. Why, right. by the way, we, we never really see the end of that. But, um, you know, and just seeing a, a number of other things that were visually stunning, like the, the escalator. Um, I, I just, I'm like, oh, it's the Atlanta airport. It wasn't, by the way, but it looked a lot like the long tall like ass I've been escalators. here before <laughs> yeah and you know <laughs> Too what? many times and and you know yeah well not lately thankfully but um but it you know dc uh um I'm not reagan dulles has those as well and they're mm-hmm. annoying by the way um the you know and and just the the way that everything the emotion the way that everything was shown on the screen the emotion the action the the, the exact opposite of how certain people act because they are in fact doppelgangers and that's what a doppelganger is. Um, and, and just all of the happenings that occurred throughout the movie, just watching it, was I'm, I'm sitting there, like I didn't check to see how long into the movie we were until we were an hour in. And I didn't like to do that to see, because like I said, we started watching it at 1030 on Friday. Yeah, that was a smart move, wasn't it? Although I did, <laughs> see, here's the thing, like, with with the movie it, at night, it's frightening because the dark becomes another character. During oh yeah, the day, easily. But during the day, Chris, you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you to attack somebody during the day? You know, yeah. you have to be even more subtle about it. The shadows, yeah, yeah. you have to hide those. I mean, as as a, I'm not a psychopath, but I can imagine that you would have to hide yourself even more. And you're, and it's like there's less places to 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 hide and. You wouldn't think to look in this giant ass cornfield over here or underneath, you know, someone laying underneath a car uh, as you know, or like, like in Texas chainsaw popping up out of a, mm-hmm. like a, a, a hidden trap door and slicing someone's Achilles. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so there's, there's some, there's something to be said about having this movie, not at all, not all of it at night, Yeah, but part of it during the day, it, even if just in the beach, and it's still being frightening and scary. So you're just like, ooh, like there's a lot, there's a lot more in here that I was expecting. And and that's true for for me as well. And and again, five for me, because this movie was just so incredibly engaging, spot on with what it needed to be. It definitely shows that there is not a quote sophomore curse. Um, it just the story has to be good and the acting and the directing all have to be good. Part of it too, you have to have the money to do it. And I think Jordan Peele has the credibility to, yeah, you know, to, He's to, proven to pull it. that he proved off. proved it with the first one. Yeah, he he knocked but, it out with the first one and basically, you know, gave himself a blank, got you know, worked himself a blank check to to work mm-hmm. on his next one. But but here's the thing: keep in mind, both of these movies are indie films. They're not behind the crazy big to think movie about, machines. right? It's crazy I mean, Blum, to think about. Blumhouse is kind of a movie machine, but yeah. they're low budget movies. This is right. a higher budget than probably a lot of them. What do you but, think of Jordan Peele's production company, Monkey Paw? Oh, I love the name. You like that opening I, sequence I, that I love they have the, too with the 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 tea thing the from tea Get and, Out? Yeah, I I just love love it. The, I I love that and it's so and, good. Yeah, it's it's very clever. Is what I like. It's yeah. kind of like the, uh, um, I would say that Jordan Peele's name for his production company is reminiscent of what Christian and I will be uh, uh, creating for our LLC, uh, amateur at best LLC. <laughs> Nice. Nice. Uh, there you go. So we, you know what we used to say when, when you and I both rated something a five, or even when we both positively reviewed something that we said, we'd put this on our DVD shelf. I think we should change it around. I think we should start saying now, these are films that are worth silencing your phones for. 
because seriously, this is this is something that you don't want to be like, oh, let me check and see what's happening on Twitter real quick. This is a movie you want to put down and literally stare at the screen until the credits roll because it's just absolutely bonkers amazing. Uh, let's see if next week's is going to be the same. What do we have on deck next? So next week, yeah, we're going to go in the same vein as us, and we're going to cover uh, the 1984 classic baseball classic, The Natural. <laughs> the <laughs> no, it's, uh, seriously, that's the movie we're going to do. Yes. Uh, the it's, Natural with baseball Robert season. Redford. Yeah, baseball season. Um, they're opening up something to some degree. I haven't watched baseball. Spring training start? I don't even know when it uh, starts. No, opening day is in the beginning of April. So that's why we're putting this out at the beginning of April. There you go. So, so we're doing, uh, as Sean said, we're doing The Natural starring Robert Redford, or as he's known to the Silence Your Phones folks as Robert Redford. What do we got here? Red the Salvation Army Band? Pop Fisher? Who wants to know? I'm Roy Hobbs, your new right fielder. My what? It's right here. Scotty Carson sent you here? That's right. Must be nuts. Where do they find these guys, Red? Fella, you don't start playing ball at your age, you retire. Where do you find you? The Heber Oilers. The Heber Oilers? I never heard of them. They're semi-pro. Semi-pro. Schultz, go warm up. Did you ever play organized ball in your life? I just got back in the game. What does that mean? I used to play in high school. Excuse me? I used to play in high school. <laughs> Red, he used to play in high school. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Scotty Carson signs him up. The judge okays the deal. Ain't talked to me yet. I got that in my deal for as long as I live. They gotta talk to me. They got a contract. I wanna see it. Yeah. And I want to see an overdub of someone with a French accent doing all of Robert Redford's lines. <laughs> I've never seen this film, dude. I have, I don't even know what I'm getting into yet. I've not seen the natural. I know what it is. I know it's a baseball movie. Uh, is this the one where they call the good dude out of retirement to play? Um, or is that no. the rookie? Well, that's the, isn't there one called the rookie where the dude yeah. was like an older guy. With, they call him out of retirement. Not, yes, but it's not, it's with the not crazy, um, uh, who was the cousin in the vacation movies? Yeah, he's the crazy one. He's the yeah, Randy. It's Randy. his brother. Uh, yes, What's it's it's the name? the not crazy Quaid. Quaid, uh, that's, there you go. That's, that's the rookie. Um, but there is a Dennis Quaid. Uh, yes. Um, uh, speaking of that, rookie of the year. <laughs> but yeah, so the na- <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so the sorry. natural, the natural <laughs> yeah, is the, is the one we're the going to be checking is, out. Is uh, it's about a rookie, uh, but he, so he, he's in the movie, Robert Redford, Glenn Close, but it takes place in like an older era, like fifties or sixties. I believe. Okay. I can get and, in on that. And it's, um, it's, it's a periodish piece, I believe, but it's also like, he's a rookie, but he's like the oldest rookie on the planet. Is this, you know, um, I, is this Disney? Is this a Disney film? You know, I don't know, but I'll tell you who's in it. Wilford Brimley. Wilford Brimley. All righty. There you go, folks. Next week, we're checking out The Natural. Um, listen, thanks so much for listening to us. We appreciate it. Make sure to have, head over to the website, BICBP-radio.com. Check out all the other shows on the network. See if there's anything else you like. Make sure you listen to them after you listen to Silence Your Phones every week. Sean, what do you got to tell the people before we out of here? 
Uh, stay the course, wear your mask, be safe, get vaccinated. No, there are no nanites in there. They will not track you. They just want you to be healthy and live. And the best way for the government to track you is by your taxes. Therefore, they want you alive to pay your taxes and not with nanites in your in your system. So Bingo. wear a mask and get your get your vaccines based on your and follow your governmental guidelines, please. Unless you live in Georgia or Florida, then still wear a mask and get your vaccinations, no matter what that stupid people says. And as always, it is now time to unsilence your phones. 